The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Centre for Computing History, Cambridge. Making the history of computing fun for everyone. Visit computinghistory.org.uk to find out more. Thanks very much to Lucy Malazzo for the last couple of hours on Home. She'll be back this Friday. Welcome to The Gadget Guide. Yep, welcome to Gadget Guide show number 264 with a look at the latest tech news and then we'll look at some tech to make your home smart for Christmas. First of all, though, a quick look at this week's technology news. Uh, We'll start off in the gaming world because uh, Doom is turning 30, which is... You feel old. <laughs> I, I always feel old. Um, but this uh, this is quite uh, quite amazing. Um, the game, <laughs> game originally released in 1993. Did, did you play it Doom? was the first real first-player shooter of them all. And it's started now, I, off in, in the first-player shooter world. I, I, think I, I don't think I played the original. I think I played Doom 2, I think was my... Uh, my first one original. <laughs> in, yeah. the, in the days where you know mate probably lent you a floppy disk with you know uh, a copy <laughs> I, I, <laughs> because you I, didn't I download do. things in those days no and I, I remember the, the two games I remember playing from, from back in those those early days were, were Doom 2 and Duke Nukem 3D and of course, Duke Nukem 3D had possibly one of the longest waits for its sequel um, ever in uh, yes. in Duke Nukem Forever. Um, but yeah, those those two, and of course, Doom, Doom was the thing that that ran on everything because yes, yeah, not not only was it the uh, the, the PC hardware of uh, of the day, uh, it supported network playing. Uh, of course, yep, the internet was, wasn't was really a thing. One, one of the things that started people doing LAN parties to actually yeah. Plug. Yeah, large uh, oh, desktop PCs and, yeah. uh, and, and cathode ray monitors. <laughs> yep, I, I, I very much remember that. Around to play against each other because there was no internet connect and connection to play over. No, uh, and uh, yeah, in many cases you wouldn't even have had a, a network card. Uh, certainly not Wi-Fi. <laughs> I wasn't no, around no. for another Pe- decade. People would have learned all about networking from I or, need to make Doom work. How do I make or, Doom or work? Even, How do I add mm, network? Null modem cables, which were... Ooh, yes. <laughs> I guess the the predecessor to the USB cable is probably the best analogy can, I can come up with for that one. Um, but that was a way of connecting two computers together. So there we go. Happy happy thirtieth birthday to, uh, to to Doom. Um, and there is actually a special edition released um, to celebrate the thirtieth anniversary uh, sigil two, um, and uh, that is available. Just search online; you'll find all the details of where you can acquire it. Yeah, quite uh, quite amazing. Um, there we go. Um, meanwhile, in the mobile world, rather more uh, up to date. Um, Apple, you might remember we talked uh, a little while back uh, about there being an iMessage app coming to Android. Well, it's gone again. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was one that started that that claimed to be secure and end-to-end encrypted, and and the analysts promptly showed that it wasn't. So that went away, rightly so. Yeah, uh, a new one came along called Beeper Mini, which claimed to be encrypted end to end. And this this crowd are saying, we're quite happy to show uh, a third party our source code and prove that we are encrypted. And to be clear, this is this is a, a third party app. This is not an Apple sanctioned app, no. is it? It's it's something that another company has written to be compatible with iMessage, so that you can talk to to people who do have uh, iPhones. And it get all of the sort of the the multimedia messaging uh, stuff well, and the mainly the, the, the end-to-end do it, encryption. Do it securely. 
is, is I think what people are really interested in is because iMessage is secure between iMessage users, whereas if you are an Android user and someone iMessages you, you just get a text message, which we know is fully unencrypted and unsecured. Yeah. So anyway, that's that beeper mini. To be honest, um, switch to another platform if you're really that worried about. You know, it was use use something common to platform. both, like yeah. something from Meta, you know, the likes of WhatsApp, something that is free and open source like Telegram. You know, there yeah, are or options. Signal, Signal uh, is another one. Facebook um, Messenger. Yep. So, iMessage. Free and encrypted. Uh, an iMessage is very convenient if you're talking to a group of people who are all on Apple's platform. Absolutely. It's and and probably the fact that it appears on all of their devices at the same time. So it'll appear on your Mac, it'll appear on your phone, it'll appear on your watch, on your iPad, and the same message just goes ping and appears. Now you can get to that level with all the other ones, but you do have to install everything everywhere. Whereas iMessage yeah. is pretty much baked into all of the Apple operating systems. But yeah, if if you are concerned about um, encrypted content, then probably sticking to official apps is a sensible way of doing it. Apple have pulled the plug on. Uh, on Beeper Mini at the moment. Um, let's see what happens. Um, Apple haven't actually... They, they've, they're claiming there are risks, but they haven't really <laughs> explained. Uh, and th this is always a slightly tricky one with security because on the, on, on the one hand, you, know, you, you need to back up claims like that with evidence. On the other hand, mm. you don't want to do it while the app's still running because it might let people take uh, advantage of those weaknesses. So but it does Watch make this space. a little bit like X turning off the APIs and going, oh, you want those? <laughs> Pay us some money. Uh, and I think that would be that would be fair for Apple to do, is to say, well, hang on, look, we provide this platform for our product users why, why should because we have to pay, pay for the money. infrastructure yep. yeah exactly why should we pay for the infrastructure to support um, people that haven't bought Apple products um, so I, I think charging for uh, a cross-platform iMessage would, would be totally reasonable um, we'll, I mean, if we'll Apple see got, they... of course the problem is if Apple released an official iMessage for Android and put it in the Play Store would Google let them <laughs> I, I would imagine so. Uh, presumably, it would, and and made um, it pay, pay payable. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Google, Google get their thirty percent of that. Uh -huh. yeah, a lot of people would pay a couple of quid for an iMessage that was actually an official Apple product on on Android. Yeah, uh, moving into space weather now, and um, yes, that that is a thing. Uh, it's not the uh, the forecast of uh, how you know how many wheelie bins are going to get blown down the road as it might have been recently in uh, in Cambridge, um, but space weather is a different sort of wind, solar wind, um, and Charged it can cause ejected from the sun at high speed. Yeah, it it can cause some uh, some real problems down here on Earth, and and there's been a few headlines floating around. Um, implicating it in uh, in potential uh, train accidents, which is uh, an interesting one. Yes, so across the UK's train network, there are more than 50,000 signalling track circuits. That keeps all of the railways safe so that you don't end up with two trains pointing at each other down the same pair of rails, which is never yep. a good thing. And, of course, all of that is controlled electrically and lots of electronics, lots of wiring and lots of electricity. And the problem is, all of that wire, certainly uh, the and signaling wire... And these are typically very long, very long yeah, wires. ...become quite good receivers for things like solar electricity and solar energy and can now, be disrupted. 
Yeah, now you know, we, we've probably all had something that gets a little bit corrupted in uh, in transmission, and you know maybe it, it might turn into a typo in some cases or a download that doesn't work in others. Um, but when you're talking about safety critical systems, if that was something that flipped a um, you know flipped a set of points or flipped a signal from uh, from red to green, then of course that's a, a real problem. Now there, we should say there are a whole load of fail safes built into these systems. So you would have to have one of these relatively unlikely events um, cause one of these uh, disruptions and then it not get caught by any of the fail-safes. So, yeah, th this is a, a slightly theoretical uh, possibility in the sort of the the train signalling aspect of it. The the potential to cause damage is, is very real. My, my guess is that you would probably pretty quickly hit a situation where if, if a signal did get flipped, all of those safety systems would kick in and actually go, hang on, something isn't right, stop everything. So I, I think it's probably much more likely that the rail system would stop rather than it would become <laughs> unsafe. If you really want some bedtime reading to put you to sleep, uh, just search for wrong side failures caused by geomagnetically induced currents in electrified railway signalling systems in the UK <laughs> published in the journal Space Weather. That does sound uh, rather interesting, actually. Might, <laughs> might have to have a download. Um, <laughs> from wires to uh, wires to wireless, uh, and Wi-Fi Seven is uh, is nearly here. You might uh, you might only have just heard of Wi-Fi Six because, to be honest, only in the last kind of year or so have we started seeing at least a lot of um, domestic devices getting Wi-Fi Six support in terms of your home routers, your wireless access points. Your laptops, <laughs> yeah, laptops have had it for a little longer. You know, if you've got a laptop that was perhaps new in the last, I'd say, two to four years, then there's a, a reasonable chance it's got Wi-Fi 6. Um, but not satisfied. Wi-Fi 7 is expected to be uh, certified in the first quarter of 2024. So this will be IEEE 802.11BE technology. And of course, the, uh, yeah, there's all buzzwords and so on. The main headline is a lot faster. Now, when, faster is a relative term. 40 gigabit a second throughput is what they're saying. Um, but as uh, I was thinking about throwing it in, um, there is a big difference between that speed that you think you're getting and latency. Now, Wi-Fi uh, also aims to improve latency, which is how long it takes for information to get from you to the remote device and back again. And of course, that 40 gigabit a second is, is a hugely impressive figure. Um, but that will only work under the very best conditions, and that normally means you know, you're right next to an access point. Now, that that has some valid uses, um, you know, particularly when we have things like virtual reality headsets that you want to use without any tethers. Um, you need those huge bandwidths uh, to throw real-time video data with low latency, as you mentioned. Um, but the chances are, if you've got your access point um, maybe in your front room and you're working up in an upstairs office or in a bedroom or down the garden or something like that, you're going to see way, way lower speeds mm -hmm. than that. And that's fine because your internet connection is well, probably if you're lucky, maxing out at a gig. Yes, if you're if you're very lucky, if you're <laughs> if you're on fibre to the home, yeah. then it might be a gig. More likely for most of us, it's somewhere in the the kind of high tens to low hundreds of megabits a second. So. For that sort of thing, maybe less exciting for now. Virtual reality, I think that's where we're going to see Wi-Fi 7 really uh, coming to the fore. Yes, and that improvement in latency so that information flows better. And yep. um, Yeah, 
video is probably the biggest eater of of bandwidth and and the definitely and it's, good especially latency. when you need it to uh, uh, to react instantly you know, with virtual reality it's it's always a, a thing that if you know if you turn your head and it takes more than about 10 milliseconds or a hundredth of a second um, to uh, to 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 respond then you feel very sick yeah you get you get motion sickness. Of course, the other thing, of course, is um, yeah, multiplayer shoot 'em out games. You want the uh, low latency so that you can actually take that shot and <laughs> yep. hit one of and your opponents without yep. without them beating you to it because you had a slower connection to the servers. Yeah, very uh, very true. Um, now, talking of slower connections, um, Netflix is apparently uh, doing a bit of ad- adaptation to deal with those of us who don't have that Wi-Fi 7 full fibre internet connection. Um, and maybe we're, we're just a, a little bit behind in that. So, uh, yes, you might, have, you might have got yourself a brand new TV that's 4K, high dynamic range, and all of those lovely buzzwords that we've talked about in the past on new TVs. And you've put Netflix on it, and you go, it just doesn't look great or it battles and and you know buffering is the thing that we thought we'd seen the last of netflix have done a whole lot of work on the back end to improve um the uh, streaming of high dynamic range video with a thing called dynamically optimized encoding to achieve Ooh. optimized bitrate quality trade-offs depending on the complexity of the content and the speed of the connection yeah there's a mouthful no. Half of that is not new. Yeah, we, we've for years, ever since we first started getting digital TV, um, the the amount of information it's taken to send different types of scene um, has always been different. So you you'd get across maybe all of the BBC channels. Oh, well, BBC One's currently showing something with a lot of uh, a lot of motion, maybe a sports program or a, a, a movie or something like that. That gets a lot of information. And BBC Two's showing a gently moving nature documentary. That needs a lot less information. So that technology itself, not new. Bringing it and compare, uh, and you know, mixing in the what is this individual user's connection, that's really uh, where this improvement comes from. And I think the other thing is high dynamic range actually changed that landscape a lot because mm. you might be watching that slow-moving nature documentary, but if it's filmed in 4K high dynamic but you range... Want, you want the colours all the extra colour information which might make it the same sort of volume of data as a football match, which is fairly easy. It's all green, plus people running around on the field. So, you know, it's, it's, it's comparative and depends on that sort of content. So they've done a lot of work on optimising it based on what you're watching. So you're going to get a different result based on the type of content, as we said. But um, they have made sure that it is... Uh, not going to be perceived as a degradation in quality on your nice 4K HDR TV. And of course, one of the uh, the things that everyone will be uh, welcoming um, is in some of their, their end user testing, they were seeing 40% fewer rebuffers. So that's when you've started mm. watching something and then it stops and says, loading, loading, <laughs> and okay, here we go. Uh, so 40% fewer rebuffers on those... Uh, uh, slower internet connection, so I, I suspect everything else, regardless, um, that's something people are going to going to be uh, enjoying now yeah. going forward t- on t- Netflix. It's good to see that they're spending money on their technology as well as on producing slightly less than ideal content at times. <laughs> now, heading into security for a sec, um, Quishing. This is uh, the 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 contender for word of the year. I know it's not, um, but 
quishing is apparently is, is the, the next thing on from phishing. So phishing might be something you recognize. It's where you get that email saying, oh, I need to transfer your... Tax your, refund. Tax yeah, refund. Yeah, uh, yes. thousand pounds to your to your bank account. Please just let me know your bank account details so I can do it. And of course, then they take your bank details and do bad things. Um, quishing is the same sort of thing, but with QR codes. So these are the, uh, the the sort of patterned codes that we became so familiar with uh, back in the the, the sort Check, of acute COVID days. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. Well, all they do is look like a, a website uh, address, but of course, if you look at a QR code, you can't see what that website address is. So if you just you know take a, a photo using your QR reader app and just go straight there, do you know where you're going? Do you know whether that's a legitimate site or not, or would you just be taken somewhere and if it looks like your bank then fair play um and that's really what they're trying to uh, uh trying to prey on here so nothing particularly clever technically um but just taking advantage of that bit of obscurity i i did notice we were we were looking at this at work uh fairly recently and iphones have the ability to read qr codes built in and they so, will just so do, take you so to a website. Android operating In, systems. Indeed. Yeah. I, iPhones don't give you a preview of the link. Androids do. Interesting. Now, there are for both platforms, there are third-party QR code reader applications that will give you a much better. Uh, even the Android one is a little bit sort of blink and you'll miss it. Um, so there are third-party QR code readers that if you do want to scan a code, just give you that preview of, oh, where does that actually go? Do you recognize that that website? Is that one that you actually want to go to? Um, so that might be uh, something so that's worth, I, I worth the looking at. I as a third-party app to scan QR codes. Yeah, yeah. And, and to some extent for Android, although that's a, a smaller issue there. Um, and another bit of a, a trick that they're using as well as just the hiding the links is particularly if you're getting these to your work email, Often your work computer will be you know, pretty well defended. Your company's IT department will be looking after it and making sure everything's nice and secure. If somebody emails you a QR code that takes you <laughs> to a nasty site, where are you going to view that? Well, you're probably going to view it on your personal mobile phone. And that doesn't have all of that enterprise security tool uh, installed on it. And then you'll probably just go straight through to that naughty site. So... Do watch out. You know, why is someone emailing you a QR code? They probably and don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So watch and out if, for questions. If you're in doubt at work, ask your IT team. They will be happier yep. that you ask them than clicking blindly on something and causing a problem. Definitely. Definitely true. Now, monitors. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd throw this we've one talked in about these, these look a little bit extreme. And, I mean, <laughs> Just we, a we bit. 4K TVs, and we've spoken about 4K TVs a lot before, uh, but TCL, a brand you might not have heard of much, they are making inroads into Europe um, over the last couple of years and are readily available on your favourite online um, smiley-faced uh, marketplace. Yes, um, TCL is one of Amazon's uh, favoured brands, um, but the Chinese manufacturer has just launched a bunch of new monitors, computer monitors. Yes, and these go all the way up to 8K, so very, uh, very high resolution. Um, you may or may not need that unless you're going for a particularly large, uh, large monitor. Um, but there are also some more reasonable ones. So something around the sort of 30 inch mark, uh, 4K, 120 hertz refresh rate. So it refreshes the image 120 times a second. That's particularly nice if you're, uh, again, playing games. Um, but nice and smooth if you're scrolling around on, on websites as well. Um, 
and they've they've got some curved ones too. So, so this there's, is interesting there's all the different it's, form it's, factors. It's curved in all three axes. So it's mm. curved left to right, it's curved top to bottom, and it's curved front to back. So it's domed. Yeah, which that that feels like a much more natural way if you're going to do a curved monitor. Okay, it's going to be a pain if you want to uh, to stack two of them next to each other. That's that's going to require some interesting geometry. Um, but just get a bigger one. It's, it's a much easier solution to that problem. Um, but but yes, it, it does keep all bits of the the screen surface at the same distance from uh, from your eyes, which is is definitely useful. Slightly curious, they're also incorporating what they call X intelligence. Which is their answer to ALA, of course, and apparently claiming that it's better than cha- uh, better than GPT four, which is the uh, uh, the current best of breed model from from OpenAI. I'm not I'm not sure why my monitor needs to have <laughs> that sort of an AI. Like, sounds a little bit strange, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's the sort of thing where doing some image processing to. Um, you know, may, maybe smooth things out a bit, smooth out motion. That's something we've seen in, in TVs for a, a long time. Best recommendation, turn it off. Um, but I can't exactly imagine wanting a chatbot in my monitor. So the comparison to GPT-4, which is something exclusively designed for generating human-like text. Yeah, let's, let's see where that the, goes. The, the one interesting tech which... I think is going to be the interesting one to see, and it's going to have to be seen to believe, is that they are um, touting auto, auto stereoscopic. So, in other words, this is a 3D display without glasses mm. because they've got that yes. curved capability. It's going to be interesting to see whether that works, how it works, whether it actually. And again, is does it give you a headache? Use. The thought is, though, that maybe the time for 3D with displays has passed because of VR headsets. I suspect that's the case. Uh, the, yeah, we've been able to do auto t- auto stereoscopic uh, displays for a while. It's never really caught on. I think in part because it tends to be very critical head positioning. Yeah, it yeah. works if you're directly in front of it at the right distance. As soon as you move away from that, particularly if there's maybe a couple of you looking at the screen, then the the experience gets much worse. Um, so I yeah, let, let's see what happens. But then, you know, you can't share a VR headset, so... Yeah, true. maybe, no, it, maybe it'll be useful for people who want to experience the 3D without a VR headset or don't get on with VR headsets. And then lastly, into emojis, something that we have been using for a good while now. Love um, me some emojis. <laughs> but uh, the uh, emojis do get added to, and uh, fairly frequently updates come out uh, with new ones from the Unicode Emoji Subcommittee. Um, and we've seen changes like um, uh, the the uh, human icons changing skin tone, so we don't have everyone looking like yep. the Simpsons in yellow. We have natural skin tones from pale through to dark, so that you can choose your favourite uh, skin tone that's appropriate for your personal desires. And we've seen a good number of animals added, but now we're seeing that... Um, uh, I Science Journal are saying that it's a little bit skewed towards animals like lions, tigers, and bears, but it doesn't really encompass a lot of plants, <laughs> fungi, microorganisms, and other biodiversity. That's true, and I, I guess most of the most of the uh, emojis are really um, 
So meme worthy emojis, aren't they? They're, they're the ones that, that tend to get uh, shared in those viral images, viral videos, and you know, the, the cute animal uh, videos as well. So yeah, most of most of the ones that exist at the moment, you, you've probably seen on the internet videos. On the other hand, probably not too many TikToks uh, about the local conifer tree. Um, maybe they should be. There you go. May- There's a, a market uh, opening. For, first person to go go viral with a forest. Um, I'm sure. Or mushrooms. I'm sure, yeah. Of, of the of the regular variety. Uh, that you there's might there, there's eat. not mushroom for that. Oh, fair enough. Sorry. On that note, um, we're going to be talking about how you can also make Christmas uh, better than my jokes um, in just a few moments. Cambridge time. 105 Radio. Weekends on Cambridge 105 Radio. Flavour explores the food scene in the city in South Cambridgeshire, speaking to the chefs who've made Cambridge their home. I'm just very passionate about oysters. I love eating oysters. And yeah, I suppose it was just something that I found that there was something to explore. The food trucks, the market stall holders, and those delivering fresh food to your door. It's like Cole Rabbi, we used to have to give it away because no one would touch it until they got to try it and use it and then, and then they came back and had it more. Flavour, this Saturday at midday, online and on Cambridge 105 Radio. Bench pressing your mother again. Shaving your legs so you can walk faster. Assembling a band of brave superheroes. How am I if you don't want to be normal this Christmas, play How Am I Weird, a family-friendly party game for the weird and wonderful. Available on Amazon now. Visit weird.games. For a great range of electrical goods, visit urboturbo25.com. We're a top-rated online retailer based in St. Neitz. That's trusted by thousands of UK customers for the past 10 years. We stock a wide selection of kitchen appliances, vacuum cleaners, power tools, personal care items, phone accessories, and much, much more. We offer free shipping and most of our items are available for next day delivery. Check out our 100% feedback rating on Amazon and eBay. Visit us today at urboturbo25.com That's urboturbo25.com The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Centre for Computing History Cambridge. Making the history of computing fun for everyone. Visit computinghistory.org.uk to find out more. And it's time to talk about automating Christmas. No, not automating the Christmas <laughs> shopping, uh, but maybe ooh, a bit of Christmas ooh. shopping for the automation. Ooh, uh, I, because... I, I think some, some of this automation we're talking about can help with the Christmas shopping. Though. Uh, do, do we need to, uh, to, to ask ChatGPT what to, uh, what to buy for, <laughs> <laughs> for, for Christmas? So I think the, the, the first thing you want to think about if you want to get into some home automation is using a digital assistant. And this is a voice-controlled device to allow you to do voice commands as our our promo says when you hear it on on the station uh, does your light bulb respond to voice commands yet the way to do that is with a digital assistant now you might already have one in your pocket yes and a lot of uh, a lot of well pretty much all smartphones now uh, either have you know the the google or apple digital assistants pretty much built in maybe that's good enough um Strangely, I don't think I've ever used it apart from as part of Android Auto, uh, which is the, or, or, the, the display or when you're your phone on and you're using it hands free. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, um, but I, I, I don't I, think I've, I've ever used it at, mine, at home. I've yelled at mine across the room, and it's normally to check the weather. 
<laughs> True. You know, yep. the digital assistant, is it going to rain? Is it raining? Uh, what's the weather like tomorrow? Those sort of questions are, are quite common that I throw at my digital assistants. So, now, m- m- many of us might want this in a separate device, though, and this is where the uh, the, the smart speakers really come in. It's, it's handy. Yeah, they're, they're now cheap enough that you can scatter them liberally around the house. Um, and you know, if you're worried about them listening to you, all of them have a mute switch that disconnects the microphone, so you've got some protection against that. Uh, let's start off on Amazon's Echo devices because there's there's quite a nice range here now, isn't there? From from about twenty five pound all the way even, up to just lower, under two hundred. Oh, have the they got e- someone on offer at the, the moment? Echo Pop is the smaller Echo than the Echo Dot, and it starts at twenty quid. Ah, very good. Uh, always worth watching out for uh, various Amazon discounts on their devices. Ah, now if you missed the Black Friday sales, everything yeah. on Christmas sales already. <laughs> yeah, they they do tend to be up and down. Do check out uh, camelcamelcamel.com. Uh, it's a <laughs> Amazon price tracking website. There's probably some other ones out there as well uh, because the, the prices for all of these devices do uh, do vary quite a bit. And you ideally, if you're not in a rush, uh, want to buy them when they're at the lower price. Anyway, of so, those devices. Uh, Echo Pop starting at 20 quid, Echo Dot 25 pounds. Uh, the full blown Echo is about 90 odd pounds, which is a, a bigger unit with bigger, bassier sound, and it sounds lovely actually. Um, or you maybe want one with a screen, which can give you that weather report on a display. Or now, possibly I find if you've got it in the kitchen, yeah. you can show your recipe or run a countdown a timer or shopping list. Sh- yeah. Shopping list is my, is my big one. Um, so I have one of the, the first generation um, Echo shows. Is, is it even an Echo show? Uh, Echo Dot, I think time, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the old circular one. Um, and yeah, just using it to maintain a shopping list. And you just go, hey, add blah to my shopping list. And then yes. it'll pop up your shopping list and show you all the things. And you just swipe them away as you add them to uh, to your grocery order or put them away in the cupboard after you've uh, after you've got them. So yeah, that I find that to be a much better interface than waiting for it to read out 10 items um, yes. too quickly to, to type into uh, a grocery or, order. Or like or, I said, if you've, got a, if you've got a recipe on there, you sometimes just want to be able to read the screen quickly and, and yep. scroll backwards a little bit to check what step you might have missed. With a screen between 45 and 185, depending on the size of the screen. Yeah, and often you don't need that bigger screen. Yeah, it's just, it's, again, no, it's no. just that quick reference. It's not going to be how you're going to consume vast amounts of content. If you're not in the Amazon space or you'd prefer to uh, try the Google space, Google's Nest Hubs, which are their um, smart speakers, but have screens. They don't... Well, they, they sort of did a, yeah, a screen the, the Google Home sort of Mini, wasn't away. it? Um, so their uh, Nest Hub with screen is at £55, the bigger one £170. Once again, just depends on what you want on the screen. Uh, but maybe you're in the Apple space, and Apple do do smart speakers as well. The HomePods, uh, obviously a premium product being Apple, range between £100 and £300, depending on the size of the speaker. <laughs> and that would then allow you to have Siri anywhere around your house without your phone being uh, near you. Now, do you know anyone who's actually got an Apple HomePod? No. Because I, d- I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen one. And the- I know lots Pretty- of people who've got iPhones. Exactly. And Are they Apple the- Watches. And Macs and iPads. Don't and I, d- I don't know there. if it's just the, the difference in that price range of uh, £20, £25. It's a sort of, sto- you know, dare I say it, almost a stocking filler. Um, for, and, and even if you it's went a for no-brainer. something like Sonos, Sonos's um, entry-level speakers are, 
you know, in that sort of price range as well uh, for things like the uh, the Era 100 at £250. It's cheaper than Apple's top end and sounds better. Mm-hmm. And you can then pick, would you like Alex A or Google Assistant in the speaker? And you can you can pick which one you'd like to actually have. Or Sonos's own digital assistant, which only drives music playback. Yeah. So it will it will do, and none of its uh, interactions send anything out of your network to the cloud. Handy to if do you're uh, it's, it's a little bit prim- a privacy conscious. Yes. As now, we said, you might already have it on your phone, and you can insta- install the Amazon Alexa app on your phone and use her that way. Very true. Now, let's assume you've got your smart speaker of choice or similar, um, and you want to do something with it. Now, yeah, you're probably already familiar with, you know, play this uh, music or even play Cambridge 105 radio. Um, but there's other things. Once you've got your uh, your lights connected up, then routines start to come into it because that's when you're sort of giving it um, a, a list of things that you want to do and giving that a name that is defined by you so yeah maybe turn on the christmas tree or turn on the outdoor lights that's something that you can say when i say this then you do that do these things yes Uh, now of course to to turn on your christmas tree you are going to need something that connects your christmas tree into that ecosystem more on that one in just a moment yeah but maybe you also want to set up a christmas music list on your favorite streaming music uh portal be it you know, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, uh, uh, iTunes. And then you can say to your digital device of choice, um, play my 2023 Christmas music list. Yeah, very, uh, very true. Um, now, it doesn't just have to be music. It can also be uh, be video because um, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's say that you've got one of the streaming TV sticks um, connected up to your TV. Maybe you want Fireplace On to launch YouTube and yeah, play a nice... Yeah, relaxing, festive scene um, on your TV rather than having to reach around for the TV remote and then turn it on and then launch the YouTube app and then go and find a suitable video. Probably impress some relatives as well if you've got them over for the festive season. You know, just uh, I have a fireplace. I know you have a dirty great big TV, but you can make it look like one. Exactly. Um, <laughs> now, some then, of these are built in, so you don't you don't necessarily need to build all of these uh, these Christmas routines yourself. Yeah, do search in whatever your provider's uh, app store or skill store, as uh, as Amazon calls it, um, and you'll find some some inspiration there. I'm sure. Now, you might not be able to launch YouTube on your TV if you've got an older TV, or if the operating system of your TV hasn't been getting updates for a while. That is one of the perils of smart TVs. So you might want to add this Christmas a streaming TV stick, and you've got a choice these days of uh, Google Chromecast with Google TV. Obviously, focuses on things like YouTube, um, but runs a lot of the favourites. So you can run your Prime Video on it, your Disney Plus, uh, your Netflix. All of those will work on it. Interesting few absences are Channel 4 and the ITV Hub. I uh, don't know why they're not on there yet, but anyway. About 60 quid gets you a Google Chromecast with Google TV that can do 4K video. Yep, and you can go even cheaper than that, about £35 uh, for the Amazon Fire TV stick, uh, or even £30 for the Roku stick. In- interesting, Interestingly, both of those will run the ITV and Channel 4 apps. I, I was speaking to a, a friend the other day, and apparently Roku have something like 50% of the US streaming yeah. TV market. It's way lower over in over in the UK and yeah. Europe. Um, 
I, I've almost never heard of the US. Yeah, <laughs> I I've almost never heard of someone having a Roku stick uh, in recent I, years. I, I've, I've known a couple of friends having Roku sticks, and they can be purchased at your favourite high street um, yep. uh, electricals outlet as well as online. Yeah, but definitely one to uh, to consider. Or but if you're, if in you're in the Apple, Apple space, world, yes. Yeah, Apple TV. Again, coming in a little bit more expensive, uh, about £150. Almost looks like a Mac Mini, uh, but smaller. It does um, need a bunch of subscriptions yeah. to make Apple TV Plus work. Yeah, um, but if you have all of that anyway, then maybe it's uh, maybe it's a good option. So there you go. You've got your uh, you've got your smart speaker. You've got your uh, uh, way of getting things out onto a screen. Next. Smart Christmas tree lights. How do you t- actually turn them on and off? Katie Perry, who is apparently wide awake. It must be the Christmas tree lights that have woken her up. <laughs> well, that's if want only she had plug. Yeah. exactly. If only she had some way of turning them off when she went to bed. Well, so smart we need plugs. Smart. Yep. Smart plugs. Uh, obviously, if you've got Christmas tree lights already, don't throw them away because that's e-waste and we try to avoid throwing away perfectly good electronics these days. But you might want to make them smart. So smart plugs just help you do that. And these start between, well, range from about 7 to £12 pounds each. You can buy them in multi-packs on all your favourite online retailers, but also in high street stores. Uh, you'll look for brands like Tekin, TP-Link, Tapo, A-Tree, lots and lots of options. But all average that sort of price. And all of them will work with Wi-Fi all of them will work with that digital assistant of your choice and it's it's worth just checking because there are the you say all of those ones work with wi-fi <laughs> there are still some out there that don't work with wi-fi that only work with their own remote control or also, that need a dedicated bridge device that's so watch out for home kit stuff which tends to be focusing on the apple market if you aren't in the apple space home kit might not work for you so yes, you might want to avoid that. If it says works with uh, uh, Alex A and Google, then you're probably then all work good. With everything, yeah. Yep, uh, Shelley, another manufacturer that I will definitely throw in there. They yeah. uh, they have some very nice stuff. Um, th- it's worth going for for some of these things. It's, it is worth going for for one of the brands that you do recognise. Obviously, these things are switching potentially a reasonable chunk of electricity. Going for someone who's actually had their products <laughs> professionally tested yeah. uh, and in some T- cases certified. I'm, I'm relatively happy with as a, as a yeah. brand because they make it, lots exactly. of kit. But if you don't, if you haven't yet put up the tree, or maybe you want new Christmas tree lights, you can now get uh, LED light strings that are built-in smart. Oh, um, nice! Yeah, I found uh, 100 LED 10 meter strings from about 18 pounds. Just quickly searching online for smart Christmas tree lights. Found outside lights if you want to do the outside waterproof bauble strings. 60 meters, that's 600 LEDs. Gosh, that's that's going to keep you going 180 <laughs> foot. Yep. Or maybe you want one of those LED curtain strings. So basically, you make your whole window. Uh, blinking lights. Oh, yeah, the sort of the mesh of the things. Yeah. yeah. Three by three meter, 320 LED curtains from about 14 quid. Interestingly, now, it, a lot of these USB powered these days because everyone's got a USB charger. It is worth checking with any of these um, exactly how controllable uh, they are because some of them you might just be able to turn on and off and maybe that's good enough. Other ones you might be able to change pattern perhaps or change colour or brightness. Other ones than these tend to be more expensive. You can program individual leds to do different things but those tend to be very much the high-end ones so consider how much control you want and not in about the 80 quid bracket gets you the fully addressable led but that's not your sort of your your 1480 
<laughs> 18 pound bulbs. But maybe you want those smart light bulbs so that your light bulbs will respond to your voice commands. And, uh, you know, these are generally available fairly easily. And these days, search for ones that are Wi-Fi. They don't require a hub. Um, starting from about seven pounds each and available with Edison screw bayonet GU10 fitting. So any socket you've got, including little candle bulbs for the, you know, the uh, bedside lamps and so on, where you might want that light. And colour for that sort of price as well so you can have it do a festive light show or oh, yeah, maybe you can just good. shout to your digital assistant and set up a routine uh, hey digital assistant it's TV time and that sets the nice, lights lower nice and dim uh, yeah dims things turns off the lights you don't need in the house those sort of things other things you maybe want to do over Christmas is tell your digital assistant to start winter holiday themes ask it to sing jingle bells uh, ask <laughs> it to tell you about the reindeer uh, yeah, uh, maybe give you a Christmas sound. I know Google's assistant to give you a Christmas sound played for me. The sound of reindeer eating mince pies. Oh, hang on. What does a, what does a reindeer eating mince pies? Is it just a I'll let you go and try Pretty much that. I'll let you go and try that. And, uh, of course, if you ask Siri... Uh, what the best phone is for Christmas, it's fairly obvious what answer you're going to get. Yeah, so, some of these may have a, a slight bit of bias in them, uh, but uh, uh, otherwise all all good. Uh, so plenty of ideas there to uh, to stuff your stockings or maybe even uh, some larger presents if you want. Uh, I hope you have a very good automated home Christmas. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, I think. Uh, January. January, that's the one. <laughs> good night from us. Let's raise up after the news at seven. The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Centre for Computing History, Cambridge. Making the history of computing fun for everyone. Visit computinghistory.org.uk to find out more.